podcast is called Wing Tips, and it's a this is me not relationship <laughs> pro- uh, <laughs> podcast where we just talk about how uh, we've got relationship tips and Why tricks. Are you <laughs> my podcast too. Have you been recording this? <laughs> are you recording this? And it's all on here. Can you save all of it? And we just want to so help you figure out how to be the best possible wing spouse. And spouse. You want to help me figure out? <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to be in a fight after this. <laughs> it's me and Clark. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to Wing Tips. I'm your host, Seth Horton, joined as always by Jolba and Lizzie Lou. And today we are joined by my favorite duo of people, Clark Hubbard wow. and Gene Hubbard. That is my name. Wing Tips, as always, is supported by Frito Lays. <laughs> <laughs> to put the crunch in your day. <laughs> what is this podcast becoming? <laughs> my question for you is do you have any experience, or rather, what is your experience wing personing or being wing personed for? Hmm. Let's see. Well, on our very first date to the Abraham Lincoln Museum, there was this Aww. old man, and I don't know his name, but I think his name was Guster. I'm going to say yeah. that his name was Guster. He's about three foot two, and he's a volunteer <laughs> at the Abraham Lincoln Museum. And so this was a time when I was really trying to impress Abby. Um, and Guster thought that the best way to impress, he was going to help me out. Obviously, that was his intention. It wasn't to be creepy at all. There are these five mannequins of the Lincoln family, um, uh, Abraham, M.T. Lincoln, and the three children who were uh, alive at the time. Uh, and so he tells us where to stand. So I'm standing next to Mary Todd Lincoln. And but then he gives the phone to someone else, to a third party. Yeah, he, he hands the phone off to take the picture. <laughs> he stands behind Abraham Lincoln, who's standing next to Abby, and he just reaches his hand up and over mm. and puts his hand on Abby's shoulder like Abraham Lincoln has his arm around her. And uh, and I have that picture yeah. to commemorate our first date. Yeah. With an That's old so man's creepy. hand on my shoulder. That was <laughs> one of my favorite experiences, <clears throat> being wingman in this relationship. I can't really think of other times. But yeah. mm. Shout out to Guster. Yeah, mm-hmm. Guster saved us. <laughs> I am usually the wing woman because I had a lot of guy friends in high school that were like, can you please help me get a date and I was like no um but I guess if they ask me about you I won't say like awful things um that was the main thing I did just because I felt uncomfortable being like you should totally date me so you just didn't go out of your way to like put them down yeah I didn't reveal their worst secrets but if they were like what's the worst thing you'd be like listen up here here's the absolute worst thing and you talk about like how he cares too much. Yeah, how they care too much and love kids. and Their heart is just too large. Their yeah. heart's too large. They're going to die. No. <laughs> <laughs> Literally almost word for word. Yeah, she was asked by YMCA if Chap should work for them, and she said his heart is too large. He's they going said, to die. Chap's <laughs> I said his heart is just too big. He's too happy. Well, that's just how it goes. That is how it goes. <laughs> Liz is wing tipping for YMCA and Chap, I think, is what's happening. I am. YMCA and Chap <laughs> are trying to date. They both love each other, but they don't know it. And now, in a but summer blockbuster event, Liz Caldwell will be wing tipping. 
This is YMCA colon wing tipperoni. Starring John Cusack. <laughs> 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 Music by Hans Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's beautiful. What about you guys? Have you guys ever been, have you ever been wingmaned and seen it? And you've been like, hold on a second. That's what's happening to me right now. I am being <laughs> wingmaned. I've definitely seen situations where I knew someone was supposed to be wingmaning and they were just not doing a very <laughs> good job. Out of focus in the yeah. back left. Or they just like talk a lot. Like they're supposed to be talking you up and then they just keep talking and they change subject and they're talking about something else and you're like, I see what's happening and you forgot what was supposed to be happening. Very yeah. interesting. Oh, wait. The first, um, I remembered one. The first time that Grace, um, my younger sister, shout out to Grace, she... Um, Came and saw an improv show oh, yeah. my sophomore year, and she saw Clark, and afterwards she was like, that tall blonde... I can talk about it, because she talked about it in her Maid of Honor speech. That's true. She was like, that tall blonde kid's really cute. And I was like, okay. And then I thought that was like so funny that she said that, because I was like, it's Clark. And then um, I told him like a week later, I was like... I told Grace, I was like, I'm going to tell him that you said that. He'll think it's like cute and funny. And she was like... She was like, okay, I'll never see him again. And then, <laughs> and then I told him... LOL. And... Um, and now she is, that's uh, her brother, so. I love it. She definitely did mention so that, So I didn't though. do a good job, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Excellent. I married the you person. Married. <laughs> <laughs> that is like all-time worst. I know. Like, the Benedict Arnold of Wingman. I know. <laughs> it really is. So I was like, go. you like him? Mine now. <laughs> married. It's Mrs. Steelio like, Man. <laughs> go, kill that man. No, don't raise a family with that man. <laughs> That's the second movie idea I've gotten out of this podcast. So I'm, I'm really writing it all down. That's good. Seth, do you have any experience being wingmaned or wingmaning for anybody else or anything like that? The most recent and probably clear uh, wingmaning that was done for me was uh, our mutual friend, Corey Kuhn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wingmaned for me. Uh, and the code name we gave... Hey, what was the alias name again? The alias name was Bree. Was the girl's name. <laughs> Y'all gotta stop. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have more questions for them, I think. Yeah, we do. I just, I just enjoyed this very much. We just wanted to have a a a, a centalogue. That's a dialogue no, that's between fine. five people. That's the name of your other podcast. Yeah, right? centalogue. Centalogue. Welcome to centalogue. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Heth Sorton. Not affiliated <laughs> with Yankee Candles. No. <laughs> but also associated with Frito Lay's. To put the crunch in your day. Crunch. <laughs> Mark keeps saying stuff and then turning away from the microphone and laughing as silently as he possibly can at himself. And I need the listeners to know because they're not going to hear it, but it's. Drag him, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our second question that we typically give to our. Guests, that's the word. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, guys. Um, Remembered the word guest. Co-hosting 101. If you could change anything about dating, or really even in your case, if you want to talk about marriage at all, uh, if you could change one thing about marriage and or dating as done in our society, what would that be? Mm, Are we talking our society like America or our society like... Union. <laughs> Take it as you will. 
you can really like even if you want to extrapolate it to be like our society, the human society. Or our society like us five and how we yeah. operate. Yeah. Um on Union's campus at least, it I don't Okay, so if I now I don't cuz I'm married. But if I like somebody and like I'm not sure that I want to like be in a relationship with them, but I might yeah. want to go like on a date to get to know them better one on one. But that doesn't mean I'm dating them. Yes. It means we're going on mm. a date. And that's something that people just don't really have their minds wrapped around here necessarily. That was my thing as you're well. Not, yeah, you're not dating until Guster wraps his arm around somebody else. At the Lincoln. Mm. Uh, right. At the Abraham Lincoln presidential And then you're dating. Right. And then you're dating. Yeah. I think mine, it sort of goes along with that, that idea of expectations. But it's the idea that when you are dating somebody and especially with some of the few couple friends that that we've had that have gotten married and this is not for all of them it's not a general statement or a totalizing statement but the idea that once you're married that you can't have pals really Mm -hmm. or that like when you're dating somebody your utmost loyalty is to that person because like once you're married sure like you've made that pledge in front of god and stuff Mm -hmm. and so they're the most important person but you don't just leave your friends mm-hmm. and you still hang out with them and you still have dinner. Yeah. Like we both have tried to maintain relationships that we had beforehand and also make new relationships where we as a couple are friends with people. That's good. And I've seen that done really well with some couple friends and not as well with others. And that's really sad because then you lose at least one friend, maybe two when that's not done well. And I just think we should focus a lot more on friendship and like marriage isn't like the key to happiness and you can't just be married to someone. You got to have friends as well. Mm-hmm. Also like bonus, I am Clark's wife, but I also have a name, <laughs> like a first, a second, and then like a first last name and then a second last name. So I got four names. That's a lot of names. And only one of them all. is the same as one of Clark's. Yes. So, um, cause that's one of the, it's more humorous to me as people being like, oh, you're Clark's wife. And I'm like, I knew you before I got married to him. Mm. Did you not know my name then? Or were we? I very rarely think of you as Clark's wife. I'm like, oh, it's Jean. (laughs) Yeah. Like it is a defining thing for me, but also I am a person. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of comes after person. Person first. Oh yeah. I thought you. Then child of God. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, name. (laughs) I'm not business high-fiving you. I don't know why you're looking at me. (laughs) Have you guys found it hard to, like, on top of keeping your friendships with other people, have you found it harder post-marriage to maintain dating, like, as far as going on dates together? Because I feel um, like it'd be easy to get It's only hard confused. to go out on dates because we're poor. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we still do dates Ooh, at home. Yeah. You know, we're, like, <clears throat> like, I'll cook an extra special meal. Like, I'll try to make bread or pasta, like, from scratch. And we'll watch a movie um, and just, like, try not to be on our phones and just, yeah. like, hang out with each other there. And we'll even sometimes, like, dress up, like, wear mm-hmm. a coat or something. Fun. <laughs> but, yeah, we are Aww, super, question mark. super, super poor. Yeah. Um, so it is hard to go out. Yeah. It was easier when we were, when we didn't have the most rent and we didn't have to pay for your, all the but utilities also, and stuff. while mm. we were dating, we were long distance. So every time we came to see each other, we were in a different town. And so, like, I didn't want to eat in Kobo. So every time I visited in Jackson, we went on a date somewhere else. Mm. And then for whenever, yeah. yeah, whenever he was in, like, whenever whenever I was in Michigan, he didn't want to eat in our cafeteria, so we would go out. 
Um, so every time we got together, it was a very expensive time. <laughs> um, but every time we got together, it was like we were in a different place. So it kind of was, yeah. it was easier to do that. But I much rather be in the same place and have a at home date than see each other once every two or three months. two or three months. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Clark, when you said dress up, I took that in a very different way than what you would went with it, and it, I just need you to know that. Sometimes it's like a sexy bunny <laughs> costume. Yep, no. that's exactly. I but was like, Kinky. Yeah, perfect, Seth. Unsubscribe. Y'all just lost this listener. <laughs> Joel, how many times have you unsubscribed from me on four, this podcast? Four times. Count All right. Seven. To be fair, Joel did buy me the bunny costume. That wasn't what it was for. (laughs) 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 Oh, my. Oh, my. We have a third question. Do you know what it is? (laughs) (laughs) If I did, I wouldn't be the host. This is the third time. This is the third time. I always forget one of them. Um, Give me a second. I'm going to remember. Don't tell me what it is. Don't tell me what it is. I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm five. Four. Yeah, I'd go ahead and say it. Three. <laughs> no, I'm. I. <laughs> it's not coming to my brain. Go ahead and go ahead and tell him. Me. Yeah. You don't remember either, do you? I remember <laughs> what it is. I do. What um, is it? Uh, what makes? makes oh, what makes someone dateable? dateable? So our third question is: What makes someone dateable? Look at us killing for you. Oh, yeah. What made <coughs> Clark dateable? What made Gene dateable? Um, Clark just wants to hear what I like about him first. Uh, <laughs> he signaled to me. Um, my A big thing for me was that he wanted to stay friends with me even when we didn't start dating immediately after he told me that he liked me. Because I moved to Michigan like the like three days after he told me. Well, we have to tell this whole story. No, we no, we do not. We'll tell it after. Okay. <laughs> Is there like Please. a way to give a brief synopsis? Or so no? Clark thought that he asked me out the day of graduation, but he said, I like you. <sighs> and like a big exhale, you know what I mean? Like he was very <laughs> nervous. And so I said, okay, I don't know what to do with that. But also in Clark's defense, he was the third person on Union's campus to tell me that they liked me very last minute, right before I left for Michigan. In that same time frame of like, you're getting ready to leave. Like a couple mm-hmm. last minute kind like, of like like a month before. Now to be fair, I had been thinking about this for just months. Yeah, for a long time. So it wasn't like he was like seeing a trend and he was like, I wanna also tell her. <laughs> he was yeah, it was like jumping pre-planned. on the bandwagon. Well these other guys are making her feel There terrible, must be something so here. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Um but he was a very good friend in me moving and stuff. So he wanted to stay friends. He was interested in me as a person, not just as um, someone to date and smooch. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. it wasn't just, like, I'm attracted to you. It was, like, I care about you as a person. And that's why I want to date you, Um, which is important to me, um, to be treated like a person. And uh, the other thing is that he's very funny and supportive, and he has a very open mind, so we think very differently. I'm mostly emotional. He's mostly analytical. I cry a lot. He reads a lot of books. And um, <laughs> the two genders. Right. <laughs> but he never makes me feel bad for um, processing things differently than he does. So that's very important to me is that nobody looks and says, that's not how I do it. So it's wrong. Mm. Which is a lot of problems in relationships is people go, that's not how I do it. So it's wrong. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Please add me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm adding my counselor <laughs> since like I was told, who like tells me everything that I keep in my brain for relationship purposes. At Jean's counselor. Yeah. Deborah, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> um, I think a lot of what Abby already said applies to why she was dateable, just like wanted to be friends and wasn't like, oh, this is awkward. You tried to ask me out and it didn't even work. And then also, <laughs> other part of the story, like a week and a half later, I dated my high school friend who I had had a crush on for a while. And then Abby calls me like two weeks into that relationship and is like, you know what? Let's try it. And I hadn't told her about this new relationship. Oh. He messed up really good. I messed up so good. He was good. trying not to hurt my feelings, but he did it really bad. And it was like 11 p.m. phone call. And she was like, we should try this. And I was like... Hmm. Awkward news. I'm dating someone. And I said, okay. And then we didn't talk for like three months. And oh, then we did start talking again. And then we started dating. Month, a couple months after that. So. And yeah. then you got married. Yeah, and then we got married. Exactly. How did that happen? <laughs> you figure it out. <laughs> but, so like, even after all of that screw up, which is obviously just all on me, like that's not even like a, oh look, you both did stupid things. It was just like, <laughs> oh, Clark's just a real dumb freshman sophomore. That's all right. that's happening right there. Um, she still wanted to be friends with me and she still wanted to hang out. And we were like gonna spend a couple days together over Christmas break before we were even planning on going on a date. Well, I was already, I had decided we were She dating, had decided but... in her head, but I was just like, oh cool, one-on-one -on -one <laughs> friend time over Christmas break for a week. That sounds like a fun platonic thing that people do all the time. So even because of all that, we were still friends. We still got along. And also, I just feel like I can be myself around Abby, mm. which is how I think my friendships work as well. Like, I'm friends with you guys because I can be myself, even though it's not always the most kosher person or, like, the person that you want to hang out with the most. Like, you're open-minded and you're fine with me being who I am. And I think m my best friendships fall into that spectrum and, I, and it's the most with Abby like I can be myself at any time if I'm having a bad day or if I'm really sad or if I'm pissed off at somebody like I can just be myself and she'll like help me be a better person and like don't do that or do that but I'm always still myself and I think that's really important for being in a relationship heart touching yeah that was good mm -hmm. heart touching do you guys have any roundtable questions? Do you need a I'm going to need a second. Do I'm you guys have any roundtable questions? What year is it? Do you have a roundtable question? Oh, wait, question? do I have a yeah. Do you? Uh, I kind of asked it earlier. That's right, you did, didn't you? Okay. Hmm. Well, my roundtable question is something that's not as tender. I just wanted to know what irritates the crap out of both of you that the other one does. Let's hear it. Mm. Do you need any ideas? <laughs> Do you need any examples? What is this, Caldwell? <laughs> um, <laughs> you like have things about both of them that you're just ready to... So minor, I mean, how do you feel about minor thing, this entire time, I've been putting my hand on his leg because he shakes his yep. leg under the table nonstop, okay. everywhere that. all the time. Yeah, not to just, <laughs> but Clark, I've sat next to you in like four classes my college career, and my desk was shaking from your like knee. Listen, yeah. Clark, don't let them shame you. I he do does the it same when he's thing. thinking or when he's anxious. or when, So he doesn't know he's doing it, so a lot of times I just reach over very gently 
If you know why you're doing it, then why would you keep doing I can't. it? It's an addiction. <laughs> now, it's a disease. Now a disease there's no patience in it. No, it's that. usually accidental, but then I'll realize it when somebody looks at me with angry eyes. And then you just keep going to be like, screw you, man. I do what I want. Exactly. Exactly. I think one of the hard things is we deal with stress in different ways. And so it's not like something that frustrates the other person, but I just get stuff done. And like, <laughs> when he gets stressed, he goes into like overdrive, and he like, like does not sleep. Go, does yeah, not productivity rest. kind of. Mm-hmm. Let's go. So like, yep. when I get stressed, I shut down. Yeah. So a dirty house stresses us both out. Like it stresses any normal person out, unless you're Joel and me living together. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like, it just stresses me out. I said goes. quick anecdote. Uh, two semesters ago, I was like, man, I found my GameCube controller, and Clark goes, it's amazing what can happen when you. And I said, dude, don't say. It. He goes, clean your room. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, just very serious um, mom moment. So like, it's hard. <laughs> We've had to work on not being irritated with each other. Like, I just want to be, I just want to say, okay, like, I don't even, you don't have to clean, but I'm about to clean the crap out of this house. Mm. And it's hard for her. So she'll, she'll want to just do it one section at a time. And I'm just like engulfing the whole house, like cleaning everything at the same time. And so it's like, scattered. It's annoying for both of us that the other person operates in that way. But I think Mm -hmm. that's part of figuring out any relationship is just like, okay, you guys react to this in different ways. And so there's nothing major. It's just like these small things that we handle things in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so those can be irritating, but they're also sort of funny in some ways. And also, sometimes he just yeah. like puts stuff on the ground. Wait, no, I'm saying a second one because it's funny because Lila, <laughs> my six-year-old sister, came and spent the night. So did Violet. Um, but Lila came and spent the night, and she did this thing that was so funny. He like unwrapped a movie. And you just kind of toss the plastic. And Lila goes, hey, Abby. And I go, yeah, because I was in a different room. She goes, do you throw garbage on the ground in your house? And I was like, no. And she goes, Clark just did. And I was like, Because oh. <laughs> I wanted, I don't do this all the time. I wanted to show her uh, the Iron Giant. I wanted, <laughs> what a movie. Yeah, I just wanted to do that. And so I was like, I'll just set this plastic next to my <laughs> napkin and plate, which I just ate dinner off of. So like, I'm obviously going to clean that up in a second. Clark's like a, um, before it's cleaned up, he's like, I know where everything is kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if it's messy, I don't know where anything is. So I put stuff away and I'm like, this makes perfect logical sense. Every place that I'm putting things. And then he's like, where did I put, where's the receipt from Kroger from two months ago? It was right here. <laughs> <laughs> then it's in like the lint basket of the dryer and we don't know how I did happened. not, okay. So that was like a specific... <laughs> that no, I never put anything happen. in a lint basket. That's called improv comedy. Wait, also when Clark cleans out the lint thing from the dryer, he oh puts it on God. top of the dryer. Oh, Why don't no. you throw it away? Just I'm making away. a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, Y'all reached need to up, chill. I reached up to get like a an attachment to our vacuum and I said, what is this? Because it was just a monster. Listen, I, I used to throw <laughs> the lint away as well until I roomed with all of these guys. And then we all just started doing that and it kind of became a hobby. We collected lint. This explains a lot. I'd like to point out that I haven't pointed out anything specific about Abby. I've just been like, sometimes there are small misunderstandings. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and also, <laughs> on Tuesdays, it. he doesn't sleep long enough. Hmm. <laughs> you never sleep long enough. That's not You sleep thing. too long. He wakes long. up too early. There we go. There's one. Do you have another one? Nope. That's the only thing I dislike. Keep mm. <laughs> oh, she likes cheese too much and salt. He, we do fight a lot about <laughs> cheese and <What>? salt. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to put salt on this. And he's like, I already put salt in it more than last time. You couldn't even taste it. Or I'll be like, here, babe, have this guacamole. 
and then she'll just put a ton of spices on it and be like, I do not it's do that. too spicy. And I'll you be like, that's because I put extra spices in it before to see if you would try it. But you didn't. You just assumed I made it like last time. <laughs> Here's a question. When you put the salt in the water that you boil the pasta in, is there a difference? Can you taste uh-huh. a difference? Yeah, yeah, a little yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. Okay. The main thing is chemically it helps the pasta to cook better. Okay. But you don't just put like paprika and cumin in the boiling water for pasta. Why are you saying? Can you say the Did word? Did someone do that here? Cumin again? It was Corey. It was Corey? Corey spices the water with everything that he's going to make the dish in. I, it doesn't make any look, sense. Yeah. I did not know I've that he did that just kitchen. now. We're just cooking in it. I'm scratching his Now everyone let's say something that annoys us about you know Corey. What, <laughs> okay. Ooh. Let's see if he listens to your podcast. Seth, you go first. Whew, all right. Where to start? Where to start? Just okay. Joking. I'm not giving okay. you ideas. Don't look at me. I have plenty. One of the things that annoys me about Corey is that sometimes he just comes home and he just brings me food. And he, he's just got food. I'm just like, this. Corey, I didn't ask for this. And he's just being obnoxiously thoughtful. I'll play off on this, that Corey never cleans up the food that he brings anybody and just oh, leaves it everywhere. <laughs> also true. <laughs> also true. I'm not going to let Corey get away with a round of niceties. Joel. You're right. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I showed Corey a game called Settlers of Gatan, and I beat him mercilessly. Since then, we've played nine games of Gatan, and he's won like half of them. And he's just like, Joel, you want to play another one? Here's, you want to play another one? He's gotten so good so quick, here's and now he's obsessed with it. Corey, it, it's like a, it's a, it's a pro and a con. He gets so good at something when he puts his mind to it, but that means he will like not go to any classes and play Breath of the Wild for a five-day weekend that was only a two-day weekend. But boy, is he good at Breath of the Wild. And then he finishes an entire Zelda game, and it makes everybody upset. Then he's doing it wrong. Exactly. You're supposed to play Zelda like that. How are you supposed to play Zelda, Liz? Slowly let it just... Ma- you gotta marinate in it. You can't just... You gotta marinate in Link's... You don't go to Ruth... Hyrule. You don't okay. You don't go to Ruth's Chris and order the most expensive steak just to hork it down in like two bites. Yeah, you don't hork down expensive steaks. You don't steaks. hork down expensive steaks and you don't hork down Breath of the Wild. You you nibble on it. You nibble on breath, you don't hork it. Liz, do you have something about Corey? That now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I didn't Corey, before, but that's Hork it. Adams. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I just love Corey because we fought a lot my sophomore <laughs> year, his freshman year. So now I have to just love him. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Oof. Oof. Anything Seth, else? Did you have a roundtable question? Um, I didn't. But if you want me to think one up right on the right spot. Right now. All right. Um, <coughs> here we go. What's it? your favorite thing about oh. being married now? Like, what's the best thing? And you can't say waking up next to my spouse you also can't Mine's say just being in the same place as each other like you can't be like that we're the home is the same spot like you can't do that mine's waking up to a couple folders <laughs> is that the best part of waking up that's the best part of waking up Mine folders is, in my cup i don't have to set my alarm anymore because he always wakes me up on time yeah but i i do think Liz, that, that what you said is like true like being in the same place because and we can say that and i feel like you could say it too because like distance but I think it's like um, just being with your best friend all the time. Like even when you have a best friend throughout college, and I would say like my roommates were some of my best friends, it's just good to come home to your best friends and talk about the day yeah. and talk about what you're going through and just be able to live life next to them for a little bit. Um, and it's interesting because lots of 
married couples, I don't know about lots, but some married couples, they'll work in the same environment, so they'll be with each other all day. But we are pretty separate. Like, I'll go to work and school on Union's campus, and she'll, she's a pharmacy tech at Walgreens. And so we'll be separate, but then we can come home and, like, make food together and watch a movie and just, like, read next to each other and mm-hmm. just talk. And so it is sort of being in the same place, but it's being able to have this really close friendship. And since we're married, it's, it's just another level because we're with each other all the time. Mm. And that's something special that even when you have a best friend in high school or college or something, you're probably not going to be with them all the time. Right. And I think that's special. So I don't feel like it's a cheat, but I don't mm. care. Mine's not as cute as his, but it is the alarm thing. That's actually a big weight off my back because I'm very bad at waking up. <laughs> um, I sleep through my alarms a lot. That and then um, a lot of my family members who are more into like traditional gender roles were like, since you're getting married, aren't you going to learn how to cook now? And I was like, no, because <laughs> Clark makes like a new thing like every single night. His He's bread such is a good very cook. good. He's such a good cook. And now I'm eating a lot of stuff that I wouldn't normally eat because he doesn't tell me what's in it. Like he's trying to trick a kid into eating vegetables. Mm. I'm like, gotcha. That was a person. No, babe. <laughs> okay. And then One Michael more. comes out of the closet <laughs> just clapping. <laughs> <laughs> Now you got the craving. Best of luck ever stopping. This is just an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> I'll admit it. <laughs> it's a literal <laughs> episode. I don't know what that I is. Don't that. watch it. It's I have one other an personal, yeah, possibly weird question. Okay. Yes. Give do it to you, us. Do you use each other's shower stuff? Yeah. Um, I got him to use conditioner. <gasps> yeah. Ooh. I've been looking Wait, for your hair conditioner was that for men. On its own? It was. Yeah. Dang. So, and we've also like. Um, like she got me the Scrubby Boys, whatever they're called. Yeah, I had loofahs, but then you have to replace them like every month because they get gross bacteria in them. So I found like a silicone one online, and I read a bunch of reviews about them. Do you not replace? I just almost threw up. (laughs) You have to replace those. So much gross stuff grows inside of the like plasticky loofahs. Um. But I found a silicone one that's like a little mitt thingy. And it's awesome. And it's awesome. So he didn't exfoliate before we got that. I bought him face wash. I bought him. Because <laughs> um, boys can do that thing where they don't wash their face with anything. They splash like gross pasta water on it. And then their skin's fine. And I have to use like a thousand things to not break Wait. out every day. Hold on. Are you not supposed to just use like soap in the shower? No. no. That is Seth. Easily. That's drying out your whole face. <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. You have to get face Teach wash. Me. You're like pulling off your epidermis. It's like the Sahara Desert. Clark okay. is stroking Seth's face. Teach me. Um, <laughs> Take me I to wherever will, I need I to buy I literally am going to send you like face washes tonight. I'm not joking. Please. Um, but I think it's, but I think that's normal for like guys who only live with, because you only have brothers. Um, Same. Because my mom had to, like, force my brothers to take it. There's always that weird time in, like, seventh grade where boys are like, now wearing deodorant is cool. <laughs> and you I don't get smell, that. like, three different kinds on them? Or yeah, or it's way too much. Axe honestly. body spray. No. That's that's what they no. do. Like, who needs deodorant? I have Axe body spray. Wait, okay. You know, 26 and ask your mom just for a sham wow so they don't have to shower because they're <gasps> going through an essential oils hippie phase. Sham Do you know wow? someone who did that? As a that shower very yeah. personal. My brother. <laughs> oh, okay. I, oh, okay. No. I walked up to his room to him drying off with a sham wow and that was a shower and I was like, but that's, but that's not a shower. <laughs> not a shower. 
So you guys have seen us be married for almost four months. Mm. Like, what are things that you've seen that you have, like, especially pertinent to us questions about? Because a lot of the questions have just been stereotypical, like, yeah. game show marriage questions. Right. Yes. Like, what are these things? So, like, what have you guys seen or what have you noticed about our relationship that you thought is interesting or didn't understand? I have a question about how you guys choose what to watch. So, like, you mentioned unwinding at the end of the day. And, like, I've lived with you for three and a half years, and you have very specific tastes. And sometimes I could watch it with you, and sometimes I could not. Like, you've literally said to me, like, let's watch an Academy Award-winning film. Like, you've said those words to me unironically. So, Abby, has that been a challenge for you? Yes. So, (laughs) I have this thing. My mom thinks that I'm something called the highly sensitive person which means like everything that I take in is like just very much affects my mood which is very true Hmm. I like laughed at her and then she explained to me and I was like oh wait (laughs) oops that's me so if I watch like a a high intensity movie like I'm very tense afterwards if I watch something very sad like I'm not just going to be sad for the movie I'm going to be sad afterwards and it's going to carry over like the whole day it's really bad Hmm. I'm a sponge and I soak up the anxiety and stress of everything around me me too though so like yeah no I feel so a lot of times if I come home like after work or whatever I'm like I have to watch something fun and I tell him I have to watch a I describe it as cotton candy I have to do a cotton candy movie or a cotton candy tv show which is like he can handle it in bursts, but if he only ate it, then he'd be sick forever. So he likes to eat, like, or not eat. He likes to watch um, things that make him think a lot. And my brain's been going all day, so I just want to take, like, a minute to not think about anything, which is where our relaxing is a little bit different. But that's also been something that, like, he understands that, like, if I'm if I'm out of the house, he's going to watch, you know. Like, what did you watch last time I was out of the house for the day? That you were there. Uh, Kubrick film. Yeah. Like, I'll just watch... I'll watch Kubrick or Lynch or Aronofsky. Like, I have the Criterion channel. And just watch art house films in other languages or whatever. And I think it's interesting because my days are packed, too. And I've, like, got all this stuff. But then, like, weirdly enough, I want to watch something stimulating to relax. Mm -hmm. And just, like, really get into that sort of escapism, I guess. Mm. And it's just, like, different kinds of escapism. Um, But I talked to Dr. Crawford... And he told me that he and Chelsea had that conflict the first little bit of their marriage because Dr. Cropper and I have pretty similar music tastes, just like weird cerebral, like uh, neo film um, that just does a lot of weird stuff. But we also recognize that like there are good things to watching Miss Congeniality or watching these sort of popcorn shows or cotton candy shows. And we've been able to find some <coughs> common ground so I'll watch Seinfeld, and she'll watch Seinfeld, mm-hmm. or like Bob's Burgers. Um, and there are some shows that are on the spectrum for both of us. Like, okay, this is cool. I can think about this. It's a clever show, sort of something maybe along the lines of Futurama is really good, because you can watch that just for fun and not pay any attention. But then there's a lot of really clever jokes in it, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we've been watching recently. Um, and we can also both really get into B-horror movies. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we both love bad horror movies. Yes. yes. And also good horror movies, but we have to be in the right right yeah. mood for that. Basically, it's just been like not being upset with... There have literally been times where I'm like, I want you to watch the show you want to watch. I'm going to watch something on my iPad at the same time and like be sitting next to you like doing laundry or something. That's what Samuel and I do, because we have very different tastes like that, because I'm a feeler and he's not. And he's like, yeah. 
let's watch The Patriot. And I'm like, if we watch that, I'm going to be depressed for a week. Like, we can't do that. And so, like, I'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to watch this on my laptop um, next to you, and you watch whatever you want. And, like, we sit right next to each other, and, like, I'm laughing or something or being like, oh, my gosh, this show is so funny. And Samuel's, like, really, like, hardcore intense and, like, some kind of, you know, revolutionary, like, war over there. But, you know, you're still next to each other. It's a compromise. Yeah. Yeah. And he listens to a lot of musical theater with me, so it all kind of evens out. I have a question for you guys. Mm. That is huge. That segue into what I was going to say. One time, Clark and I got Tacos for Life. Dumb name, good food. But we talked about how, like, different, because I was like, what is it like for you as a writer? Because I don't think that writers should date writers usually. There are special cases, but usually there's, like, always this, like, weird sense of competition or something. Or, like, any guy that I've ever dated has always been a creative. He's always been, like, something, you know, on the art spectrum or artistic spectrum. And Samuel is, bless his heart, just not. Like, that's just not what he's, like. <laughs> he's a working you know, man. He, he is. He's very type A, business-minded. He's always thinking about, like, finances or, you know, like, in the box. And I'm, like, what's a box? And, like, (laughs) (laughs) so, like, we're just totally, like, totally different. And, you know, like, I I would talk to Samuel on the phone afterwards and be, like, this Shakespeare thing is really cool. And Sam's, like, who's that? And I'm just, like, oh, never mind. (laughs) You know, like, we're just so – it's kind of a hit and miss sometimes. And, like, he's really sweet and he'll listen to me ramble about it. But, like, it's the face of, like, you know – piper when i'm like scratching behind her ears and she's like that's really sweet thanks i don't get it i don't know what you're saying and you're speaking a different language and i see black and white but like cool you know and like thanks for piper is liz's dog piper's my dog yes mm-hmm. um it, this is not john piper <laughs> to clarify i thought it was barnabas piper barnabas, <laughs> my last dog's piper. name was barnabas wow that was weird anyway so <laughs> the point is i asked clark what is it like for you and Abby in that sense, because you're a writer and a creative and a she, and is this something that you guys like, is it something that you guys share or is it something that you're just totally different on? And if you are different, then how do you deal with it? But I'm going to let you take over from there. But you had a lot of really interesting, like insight to that. And since then, like Samuel and I have definitely found our stride in me being more creative and artistic and him being very like by, I don't want to say by the book, but him just being completely different than me. Mm-hmm. But like, so now that's different, but do you want to speak to that? Um, really quick, for my benefit, what was the question? Okay, sorry, yeah. That was a lot. Like, you both are, have different personalities. Clark is, like, a writer and artistic and, you know, like, this kind of creative. And Abby, I've only known you for a short time, but, like, mm-hmm. are you, and if you're not, if that's something that, like, Clark said, you like show tunes. He's not into show tunes. That's, you know, stuff like that. How do you bridge that gap with each other? Um, I think it's the same way with, like, that like was really Southern. Hey, like, I just got off of work, and I know that if I speak in a Southern accent at Walgreens, then people are nicer to me, and that's just a fact. Quick anecdote. (laughs) 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 Two semesters ago, Clark walks in and goes, hey, do y'all, damn it, do you guys? (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. Clark's least favorite thing that I joke about him with is when I'm like, I can hear your Southern accent, and he gets so... He's like, are you serious? Are you joking? Tell me if you're joking right now. Because <laughs> he gets so upset about it. Um, but I, okay, so I am creative. I'm a uh, vocal performance, big music theater kid. Um, and Music art. and theater. And art. So I started drawing after I dropped out of college. Um, and woot discovered, woot. Yeah. <laughs> and discovered there's something that I like and that I'm pretty good at. And so I keep 
doing that for fun. So I am, I'm just like in the complete opposite ways. Um, so that's kind of interesting, but it's, it's good because we're both creative and, and we can both appreciate art. That's not something that we can produce. Um, so that's been something with musical theater. Like I think that it helps Clark to appreciate musical theater when I, I like talk about how much work goes into it and like the difficulties of like, you know, chest voice versus head voice for women and bridging the gap between the two and how hard it is and how many months it takes. And, and then I think it helps me to appreciate like poetry more when I read all these different types, um, that Clark shows me and I don't understand some, and then I do understand some other ones. And so it helps me to appreciate more like things that I don't, my brain doesn't just like get inherently. Um, which is the same with him. Like we have very different music taste and, um, literally like one of one of the things has been like um or at the very beginning is like I'm like I can't listen to like anybody who's screaming and it's not even like a like an uptight thing it's just like they're hurting their vocal cords so much like they're gonna get notes like I freak out because I'm like anytime that my voice teacher could hear any type of like um like they would be so mad at me right now if they heard me because I'm doing so much vocal fry and they told me to like talk up here and I was like like Barbie like I don't want to talk like that all day um but so, like, it was interesting because then he was like, oh, okay, I kind of get that, I guess. Um, and then it wasn't, like, so much of a personal offense that I didn't want to listen to his music. It was like, no, it's, like, from, like, me as a singer. Like, it stresses me out. Um, so, but it's been good for us to be creative in, in the kind of opposite sides of the different ways you can be creative. Because um, we're always doing something or writing something for one another or showing each other something cool that we think is cool and we can appreciate that the other person's very nerdy about it um because i can't be like you're a nerd for showing me a poem because five minutes later i'm like have you seen this cover of this song from oklahoma (laughs) 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 um so yeah so yeah we're but i think it's good because then he shows me a lot of stuff he writes and i'm like i have no idea how to help you in the way that another writer could help you Mm. but i can tell you how i can help you in a way that like a reader could help you um which is just like, this doesn't make sense at all. Mm-hmm. Is that on purpose? Or like, this does make sense. Did you want it to be obvious kind of a thing? Um, so I think that's good because I think a lot of like poets would look at a poem and and appreciate it um, as a poet but might not have, they would have really good insight from their perspective, I guess. So I just have a little bit of insight from a different perspective. That goes back to what you were saying, Clark, about maintaining those friendships even after marriage because I feel like you still do have those writer friends that you can bounce ideas off of. And, like, Abby's advice is going to be super valuable because she knows who you are as a person and, like, what you're trying to communicate. But you can also still have those writer friends that are like, yeah, here's what I think, too. Like, it's not one or the other. And I still do. Like, Katie Chappell jokes about being my writer wife. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll write together two or three times a week in Barefoots because we've got this (laughs) gap on Tuesdays and Thursdays sometimes the weekends, where we can just work on something either together or separate and write together. And I still send stuff, like I've sent copies of my thesis to you guys and been like, what are the things that I can work on here? But I've really appreciated Abby because she sort of went from at the beginning of our relationship being like, I don't understand what you're doing. I don't understand like (laughs) postmodern fiction or like this Mm -hmm. prose style that you're going with to just accepting that we're really different artistically but we can help each other and yeah. we can complement each other in these really cool ways. And like Liz was saying about competition, I think about 
the artists who are married to each other, like the ones that work aren't doing the same thing. So Sylvia Plath and Ted Hughes, just a train wreck of a relationship because they're both poets. And then it had a lot of problems, uh, but a lot of those were personal. But then I think of something like David Foster Wallace married um, Karen Green, and that worked really well because Karen was a visual artist and Wallace was obviously all about literary. But when he was dating um, Mary Carr, mm-hmm. yep, um, they're both more along the same lines, and there's like a weird tension there. Granted, Mary Carr and Wallace were also both like alcoholics yeah. and drug addicts at the time, <laughs> which didn't help. But then when Green and Wallace are married, then they've got these different things that they're bringing to the table, and they can help each other in sort of this um, flint and steel. It's not iron sharpening iron, but flint and steel together makes something that flint and flint or steel and steel can't fire. make. Yeah. We're making fire. That's what marriage yeah. is about. <laughs> um I have a question specifically for Jean. Yes. Um, how do you feel about Clark having a, a writer wife? <laughs> <laughs> um, Katie Chapel is, I've told Clark that I will marry her if he dies. Um, so I'm not offended at all. Okay. <laughs> I've said, like, Katie, Katie Chapel's amazing. She's, she's somebody who's, like, both of our friends. I think I would be weirded out if she was someone who was only Clark's friend. I'd be like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. Excuse um, me. <laughs> that's fine. Actual wife. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, like, it's, it's one of our friends that, I, it's, like, how I think jo- he's a little bit in love with John Hall, but, like, I'm, like, a little bit. Uh, Clark's a lot of it. <laughs> a lot of it in love with John Hall. But um, it's mutual friend stuff, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we have any listener questions that have been put in this episode? No? We actually don't. Well, with that being said, I would like to remind the audience that we are not sponsored by Frito-Lay's Crunch. 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 Crunch.